If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. Uh, wines, I find them extremely helpful in, ha- in helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. And go in the air, deep right center go. field. Two run, home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go out. Chuck Nasty. Two run, home run, David Dahl. Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome into the BSN Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Now, let's jump into the show. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, the managing editor of BSN Rockies. And on this episode, we've got to wrap up the series in Los Angeles in discussion of the 7-4 loss in the finale of the set. A chance for the Rockies to take a series from the Dodgers always feels good to do so, whether it means... Much to either team, one having clinched the division some time ago, another having been mathematically eliminated from the postseason some time ago. Uh, There wasn't a whole lot in terms of stakes to this series, but anytime you're playing a division rival, and certainly anytime you're playing the Dodgers, you'd like to figure out a way you can win. Uh, They didn't, but they played them close. Once again, it was a big inning that was the undoing. Uh, This time it was the fifth instead of the fourth. Getting to Antonio Senzatella. Want to talk a little bit about his start, where he's at in that whole race for the fifth rotation member, maybe a bullpen spot, that whole conversation. Uh, You know, it's been... An interesting final part of the season here for these guys. And I I was thinking this morning that I would have a difficult time uh, power ranking Jeff Hoffman, Chichi Gonzalez, Tim Melville, and Antonio Senzatella. I feel like they're all in very similar places right now. All of them have certain upsides, and obviously they've all got their uh, downsides. Otherwise, they'd 
be more proven commodities at this point. But I'll get into a little bit more of that when I talk about Senzatella's outing. I uh, want to talk, of course, a bit more about Sam Hilliard. Did a big piece on him recently and, and the young offense that continues to do some interesting things. Again, Garrett Hampson contributing with a base hit and RBI run scored all on his sixth home run of the season, taking Ryu deep after taking Kershaw deep earlier in the series. We talked about how he had taken Max Scherzer deep earlier in the season. And so it's been a pretty remarkable uh, final stretch. I think a lot of us assumed eventually Hampson's contact ability would play. He'd start getting on base, and he'd be a nightmare once he did. And I know some people thought, you know, he's going to hit for some power. He's not going to hit zero home runs. And, and there have been believers that he could develop pop. But to see him just kind of explode with some uh, against some of the best pitchers in the league is an interesting eyebrow-raising type of moment uh, for the young man. But then you do also still see him out there, you know, trying to make sure that he, he takes the best at-bats in the biggest moments, hit into an ill-timed double play. Not that it's ever a really great time to hit into a double play, but still uh, those are the things. He's absolutely still growing as a young ball player, but we've been seeing more and more of him. He's been going back and forth from second base to center field and looking good in both spots, and he's been hitting atop of the lineup and looking pretty comfortable up there. So pretty good stuff uh, continues to happen for Garrett Hampson. Uh, let's stay on the position player side and get into one of the meteor topics of the day, and that is a uh, ya boy. Sam Hilliard with a three-hit day goes yard again. That gives him six home runs, I believe, on the season. He got Ryu uh, left on left in Dodger Stadium. No amount of coors or oh hey, he's taking advantage of pitchers who are mailing it in. Like Again, as I said in the previous podcast, these guys are really trying to fine-tune going into the postseason. They're not out there looking to give up big home runs to rookies. That And it did for a minute there get the Rockies right back into the game. It was a two-run ball game after Hilliard went yard in the seventh for a two-run shot. And he continues to show that the projections on him – Whatever you may believe he's going to be at the major league level, even if this is it, if, if he's never seen again in the big leagues, he has well outperformed his projections as a 15th round draft pick who's never been in anywhere near the top 100 or, or I don't even know for the most part until maybe just this year if by pipeline or, or prospectus, I, I'd have to go back and look if he's ever even been in the Rockies' top 10, even while people have been saying that the Rockies' system is not especially strong. I went back and even looked over you know, some of the, the fan voting that, that's done for the Perps list over there. I used to participate in all the time at Purple Row, and he was outside the top 10 coming into this year with a, a big question mark about maybe he'd be a September call-up, and here he is you know, kind of forced the issue a little bit sooner. Some of that was Rocky's injuries. Some of that was his performance in AAA. And now he's out there looking very much like he belongs and doing so while he's been learning. An, and, and I don't want to say he's been learning a new position as though center field is like playing on the moon, but he had been a corner guy until this year. And the Rockies tasked him with a, a, a pretty tall task, as it were, to try to take over center field at Coors eventually, and doing so in Albuquerque, he said this in the article uh, that I posted on bsndenver.com yesterday, I believe it was, and 
he said, you know, it's very similar out there, and I think they do that on purpose. There's a ton of ground to cover. You've got to sort of be a captain of the outfield, much the way you have to at Coors, and it's difficult to ask a young player to do that, but he's looking more and more comfortable doing that at times, and obviously he feels right at home out there in right field where he's spent most of his time uh, and where he was in the series finale against the Dodgers. He's able to show off that big arm, do some fun and interesting things and of course the speed is going to play way up anytime you've got him in a corner spot but what you're seeing in Hilliard is there's only ever been one question and this is the funny thing about this to me is throughout his career and it's a fair question it's been about the contact tool look the raw power is there you see it when he lines them up he's not hitting wall scrapers he's hitting them 440 feet he's hitting light tower power drives he's really getting a hold of these baseballs i've talked before about having seen him participate in home run derbies the raw power we know is there the only question is whether enough not he's going to make enough contact for that to matter because all the other things you've got the raw power we've got the plus speed is he plus plus that's up for debate he's not hampson he's maybe a little slower than Ryan Tapia at his absolute fastest but I think you could argue he gets some better jumps and so it sort of plays to about that same level but a little bit slower than that but still a plus speed guy a plus arm guy talked about the power you know his size he's 6'5 he's listed at 6'5 238 I think he's put on a solid 10 pounds of muscle since whenever that was taken but still that's all of that stuff that you can't teach and then the other stuff that you can't teach that not just the physical tools and ability but the mental stuff he's a smart kid he's a hard-working kid uh, he, he really loves trying to make himself better at the game of baseball he's got an incredibly supportive family stuff like that can really help uh, especially when you're going through slumps things like that it's so he has everything that you can't teach And a lot of the things that you can, like some of the finer nuances of defense, he's gotten the hang of. Uh, He talked in the article particularly about, you know, specific ways to find the seams to hit the cutoff man when you're trying to make a throw from the outfield. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit more. uh, I don't think this part was in the article, but about some of the just nuances of of center field at Coors and what you've got to be aware of on some of those balls in the gap and, you know, how to take a route behind your other uh, defender who might be cutting in front of you to try to make a quicker play on the ball. All of these kinds of things he's very aware of. And so there's only been one question, and yes, he strikes out a lot. He's always struck out a lot throughout his minor league career and I think a lot of people just assumed that well if you strike out that much in the minors it's going to be even more in the majors you're not going to be able to line up the baseball enough to have it matter what your raw power is and then all of a sudden you've got a guy who's 6'5 240 who's a defense and speed guy who's not getting much done at the plate and that's that would be kind of very strange right but what you're seeing now is a translation of it. Now, he actually has drug his batting average all the way up to 278. And if he could do that in the majors, all of a sudden the Rockies have themselves a major impact player. But the young man can hit 240 or 250 and strike out 200 times if he's going to hit 25 to 30 home runs 
steal 20 to 30 bases and play really high caliber defense wherever you put them, whether it's center field or out there in the corner. That is an incredibly valuable player to the Colorado Rockies that at the beginning of the season, and, and this is one thing kind of why I, I framed the article the way that I did about a lot of people having swung and missed. I, I do want to say I, I find it interesting the number of people who at the beginning of the season were insistent that Sam Hilliard was not a thing, who now are angry that he isn't playing every inning of every single game. It's there, There's a moving goalpost to be angry about certain things that I noticed, which is interesting. The same thing has happened with Dom Nunez, uh, somebody who the consensus on before the season started was who even cares about that guy. And now the consensus, at least on Twitter, seems to be the Rockies are morons for not playing him every single day. I thought, again, Drew Butera did some things to help out Antonio Senzatella. Obviously, he didn't stop him from giving up the, the big grand slam or the home run to the pitcher. There's only so much you can do. But they worked out of some stuff earlier, and, and I thought he had some really well-timed mound visits that seemed to result in a solid strategy that got them out of some spots earlier in the game. And that's what Drew Butera is there to do, help talk some of these younger guys through these tougher moments and these tougher lineups. There's always an argument for why any given guy is starting on any given day. But uh, to get back to the Hilliard situation, he's been getting some, he's been getting quite a bit of looks and he's been making the absolute most of them. And if he continues to hit like this, the Rockies are absolutely going to give very strong consideration to what type of value this guy can be for them next season and maybe people around the league are looking in and that's okay too if people around the league are looking in and say hey that guy looks like he may be a legit star but maybe no one knows maybe we're a little higher on him than other people are we'll give you a a triple a pitching prospect who's almost ready to go because we've got depth at pitching and we really need an outfielder and you know or or if it's a little bit less than that, I've said this before, it's, you know, Toppy or Hampson could li- end up looking interesting on the trade market. Or if nobody's seeing what I'm seeing in them, you don't have to. That's the great thing about these young guys. The only way you listen from an outside organization is if they do come in aggressive and say, hey, we'll give up something really valuable for Sam Hilliard. If they don't, then you say, hey, great, we've got this guy who can be a major asset at Coors Field. Uh, You can always end up trading people further on down the line if you feel like you've got too much depth in the outfield, which is really what I'm talking about here at some point. Hilliard emerging means that the Rockies suddenly have an extraordinary amount of depth in the outfield and not in a ton of other places. They're decent in infield depth. They're really starting to hurt at pitching depth, and after Dom Nunez, catching depth is a big, gigantor question mark. And so that's why it would make sense, even though any individual player that I just named, I would be sad to see go because I've followed these guys throughout their entire young careers and 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 again this is why some people are saying don't get rid of any of the young guys get rid of charlie blackman and i'm not sure you've got to get rid of any but you do have to listen to offers if you have an opportunity to make your pitching better because they need 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 to make their pitching better but they also need to help their pitching out and sam hilliard's the guy who can help your pitching out a lot by playing very high caliber defense and also by hitting some yackers every once in a while. The pitchers always like it when you back them up with a little run support too. So right now his home run pace at the major league level is very, very encouraging. And it, again, yeah, he's still striking out. 
but you can live with it. If it never ends up being that that one big red mark, and I'll admit, it is the most important thing in the game, getting the barrel to the ball often enough. It's the most important tool in the game, and it is the biggest question mark on Hilliard's resume. And we still have to see once pitchers start going, wow, this guy's got like six home runs in two and a half weeks. Let's mix it up on him. Let's start doing some things. Let's write a book on this guy, come after him with the best of our major league stuff. And then you'll need to see if that strikeout rate skyrockets and he doesn't keep hitting the home runs. But right now, he's not just hitting home runs. He's putting together quality at-bats. Like I said, it was a three-hit day. He's seen a lot of pitches. That's something, too, that why I was always a little bit more hesitant when people were would bring up all the question marks about the strikeouts because it's one thing to be a guy who goes up there swings for the fences strikes out on three straight and then the next time you go up maybe you hit a home run and then all of your other at-bats are just non-competitive strikeouts but Sam Hilliard sees as many three two counts as anybody he sees a ton of pitches and I and I felt like that never really was a big enough part of his story and he walks a decent amount again not a big enough part of his story. And it's just interesting to me, too, that basically in the time he's gone through the minors, the whole narrative on this at the major league level has changed. Dan Vogelbach was a friggin' all-star this year. The, uh, batting like 240, but a ton of walks, a ton of home runs, no defensive or base running utility whatsoever. All he did was walk a lot and hit a bunch of home runs. Uh, I don't know what Dan Vogelbach's strikeout rate is. I guess I'd have to take a look at that. But everybody's striking out. Strikeouts are way up. Home runs are way up. Walks are way up. We're living in the three true outcome world and the Rockies don't have too many of those guys who really are you know three true outcome Trevor Story is probably the closest he strikes out a lot he hasn't walked a ton but he's starting to walk more this year and then obviously he hits for a ton of power but you know Hilliard is probably the closest thing they have to that but he can throw out a base hit the other way as well we've seen him do that and he knows how much of a weapon his speed can be so him being on first base is a very valuable thing. His stolen base success rate is very, very high. Or even if you're not looking to steal a base, if you're not a believer in that as a strategy, then whoever's hitting behind him, if it's Rymel Tapia or you know, if Tony Walters is the guy up there, well, now a Tony Walters single is much more likely to get him first to third with the good base running abilities of Hilliard. There's so many things that he can do for you that if his contact rate can just stay in there, he keeps having good at-bats. He keeps making enough contact. The Rockies suddenly have this big value, and it does, and I'm not, no, you know what? I am going to say it. I am going to say it. I didn't do it in the article because, you know, in the article, I was also very much, you know, we've seen flashes like this before. Some of you will remember Tim uh, Wheeler, a big athletic outfielder who hit with a ton of pop, destroyed the minor leagues, and just never stuck at the big league level, and We've seen, you know, there's a little bit of Tom Murphy when he first came up with the Rockies, totally different position, but hit for a ton and then you know, got injured, couldn't stay out there, had some defensive issues, couldn't get enough playing time and never really stuck with the Rockies. Now he's doing well with the Mariners. But what, what I see in Hilliard is much more similar to the entire Charlie Blackman story, a guy who was never really considered a, a huge draft prospect uh, a guy who was never considered a top prospect in baseball Rockies system was weak while he was in it um, 
And then even for the first couple years of his major league career, Charlie Blackman was kind of just considered, hey, he's the guy with a good average because Coors Field and he'll come back to earth and he'll stop being this. And And then when he had that really, really great season in 2016, then it was, oh, career year for Charlie Blackman. He'll never do that again. And then in 2017, he was even better, and people went, okay, that's definitely his peak. <laughs> you know, It's like at some point the guy's just a really good baseball player. I think people figured that out about Charlie Blackman, but they figured that out just in time for his defense to desert him, and now everyone wants to focus on that. It's like <laughs> poor guy has been – I think Charlie